Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Talk about um, living within your means. Living within your means. I am T.M. Hyman, a coach, entrepreneur, 
business catalyst. So I've been in sales for, man, almost 20 years now. I started real young. And I really focus on using my experiences um, and my expertise to help small business owners and other leaders close gaps and kind of get to the next level, um, really through one-on-one -on -one coaching conversations. I mean, a lot of what I do goes unseen. Um, because I am a behind the scenes person and I like to lean in to help people to talk about and deal with things that aren't necessarily comfortable and I hold them accountable for it, right? Because if we aren't holding ourselves accountable and if we don't have accountability partners, sometimes that transformation, most of the time that transformation never comes. This morning we're talking about living within your means. Your economic security does not lie in your job. It lies in your own power to produce, to think, to learn, to create, to adapt. That's your financial independence. It's not having wealth. It's having the power to produce wealth. That's what Stephen Covey said, right? And, and, and it's so true. Many of us are focused on, you know, a thing, right? That job, that business. But it is about our power to produce wealth. And the only way we can acquire and glean that power is to think, it's to learn, it's to create, it's to adapt. And you are in a room where you get all of that, right? But the actions that you take will make a difference. As we approach 2022, um, finances, finances, finances are becoming more and more important to me, not necessarily generating more money, but managing the money I have right now. How well am I managing my money right now? And, and that's a question that you should be asking yourself. I know we are all looking to create and earn more, but the question is, what are you doing with what you have right now? A question, a question. And if you want to chime into this question, feel free, just crack your mic. But I just got a question. Who do we think when we think about credit card debt? Because I did an exercise last week with Eris. Eris is in the room, and Eris and I opened up a club, um, and, and we've been talking about money talks, really tough conversations on Sunday. And uh, Sarah and a few other people popped in on Sunday, but Eris and I did a, a activity last week, and the activity dealt with credit cards. It was like, write down all your credit cards, right? And you know your credit card balances, and your interest rate on the credit cards. And you know what I realized during that exercise? I realized I didn't freaking know how many credit cards I had. Now, that's horrible, right? That you have so many credit cards, you don't know how many you have. So my question this morning is, when you think of credit card debt in this country, because I've, I've actually looked at credit card debt, household debt, individual debt here in the US and in the UK, and it's slightly different, right? Um, but when you think about Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, baby boomers, and the silent generation, who do you think had the highest amount of credit card debt? J just, just crack your mic open if you just want to throw an answer out. Is it Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, baby boomers, or the silent generation with the highest amount of credit card debt? Gen X. What do you think? Gen you think? Baby boomers. Baby boomers. Baby boomers. Okay. Okay. Well, guess what? Members of Generation X have the highest credit card debt. 
on average $7,100. But this is how it all breaks down, right? So I'm going to ask another question. If, if Gen X has the highest, and many of you thought it was the boomers, who has the lowest credit card debt? Boomer. 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 The boomer. Z. Gen Z. Gen Z has the lowest credit card debt around 1900 But why is that? Gen Z has the lowest credit card debt because they are younger credit card holders, starting out with typically lower credit limits, right, compared to their older card holders. So, yes, we threw some names out there, right? But Gen X, highest, Gen Z, lowest. You don't need to be a millionaire to feel successful or to be successful, guys. But financial wealth is one of many possible possible indicators of success at the end of the day. And how you run your credit cards, right? The one thing that I'm conscious of is paying my credit card debt down or off. I'm conscious of that. So although I have a lot of credit cards, right, I pay them down and, and then some I stop using. But the point of that exercise was to become conscious, to become conscious, to be in alignment, right? To be a good steward. Many of us know things about our money, know things about our portfolio, but we don't have them all consolidated, right? Where we can actually just go through and look. For me, looking at my credit cards was an interesting, interesting thing. To achieve dreams and life goals, you're going to need money. And many of us need credit cards, right? And making it requires financial planning and goal setting. Making money, right? Good money, consistent money. It requires financial planning and goal setting. I don't know any successful person who's been able to just simply ignore their finances and be successful in life. I don't know not one. Your needs and desires change over time. They've evolved. We have all evolved, right? You might not really know how much money you want to earn or save, right? Because we, we ask that question. We're asked that question all the time. Well, how much money do you want to make? Some people look in the sky, right? It's like, I don't know. Your answer today might simply be as much as possible, which is an okay answer. If you earn more than you spend, the sad reality is that most of us do the opposite. We, we don't earn more than we spend. We spend more than we earn. What loans and debt do you have right now? That's a real question. What loans and debts do you have? Are they above or below, right, the average? And, and, and what's the average? Well. In this country, the, the average savings account is anywhere between $4,000 and $7,000. The average savings account. How much debt? What loans are outstanding? I don't think we really think about it, right? We, we get loans and then we walk away, right? We get credit cards and then we walk away. Because we don't think about really paying them off. We just want to spend. Having some debt can be a good thing. 
But most debt is not a good thing. But having some debt is a good thing. For example, like taking out a mortgage to buy a house, you know, or an apartment, an apartment that you own, right? I mean, that's a good thing because investing in an asset that will hopefully increase, first of all, in value over time is a good thing. But it's also property that can, you can turn into rental. So that's money, right? That, that's consistent revenue, residual income. And anything that's residual is a good thing. Recurring is a good thing. Debt is good only if you are earning more than you spend. Red lights should start going off when you borrow money that you cannot pay off easily. I said red lights, almost like the police car lights, right? They should start going off when you borrow money and you don't even think about how you're going to pay it back. Even more troubling is when you borrow money simply to buy things like that don't have any value. You know, when you buying stuff for the house, right? When you buying, when you borrowing money to go on vacation, you should never borrow money to go on vacation, my friends. You're using your future income to consume things right now to achieve your dreams and your life goals. You're gonna need money, but you have to. Be judicious. You have to be a good steward. A good steward. I recently had said to myself, listen, I'll get up uh, like four out of seven days a week and I will mosey on down to the freaking Starbucks because I think I'm addicted to whatever they put in coffee. I'm addicted. So five or six dollars a day, right? Four times a week i had to put myself on on starbucks punishment on dunkin donuts punishment i can only go to either one of them twice a week pick your day tm but you're not going more than two days a week that's the treat to yourself no more than ten dollars on coffee right versus thirty dollars it's little things like that that will make a difference. We have to set our financial goals. That was a part of setting my financial goals. Spend less TM. It can be really grounding to understand where you are financially. Really grounding. But it can also be like a rude reality. Right? Because we don't think about managing our portfolios. We think about our paychecks. We know we have money coming in. But most of us have way more going out than we have coming in. Review your financial status. But but moreover, Dr. Janey said, review with your partner. Listen, review with your partner and your spouse the current state of your finances. Review with your partner the current state of your finances. And you have to ask these questions. You have to ask these four questions. And if you don't have a partner, then it's easy for you to answer these questions, but you have to be honest. What are your sources and amounts of income? Number one, what are your sources and amounts, plural? Because we need more than one of income. How much do you spend on a regular basis and how much on one-off expenses? How much do you spend on a regular basis and how much on one-off expenses? Those frivolous, those impulse 
items, right? Those one-offs. Number three, how much are you saving each month? How much are you saving? Are you saving anything? And then number four, what assets and debts do you have? What assets and debts do you have? With this information as a starting point, write down your financial goals and dreams. Monica came in the room Sunday and, and Monica shared something that she thought was, you know, a damper on the room. But I thought like, hell yeah. She said, talk about your money with your life partner before they become your life partner. Catch that one. Talk about your money and have those expectations be aligned understand your partner's philosophy you better have some boundaries you better know people's spending habits before you connect right know your life partner's expectations know their habits before they become your life partner. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. You might want to buy a house. You might want to retire in 10 years, you know, set some money aside to pay off your children's school fees, right? Your, your partner may not be in alignment with that. You, you, you have to know these things in advance. How you, how will you achieve these goals without alignment? You know, to get to where you are, to get from where you are today to where you want to be, you, you have to set some goals. Do you need to find a, higher paying job or do you need to cut expenses do you need to cut expenses or do you simply need to make more money I, I don't necessarily um feel like you know in an effort to save in an effort to grow financially you have to just cut 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 no i think it's a balance first of all make more money create more opportunity for yourself start a business get another job but also be very intentional about what you're buying and why you're buying it. A conversation that I had a couple weeks ago um, was about coupons. Uh, listen, I, I have become very attracted to coupons. And I don't know if I'm the only cheap person in the room. But listen, I went, I used to look people who, if you pulled out, like 15 coupons in the line and you're holding up the line. Like I'm looking at you like you're crazy. Like lady, what are you doing? Like guy, like, can you get ahead? Of, like get, now I'm that guy. Now I won't pull out a whole lot of coupons because everything is digital now. Right. But when you are intentional about your finances, you become attracted <laughs> to savings. Right. And I don't know if there's people in the room who like, I don't need a coupon. Right. I got money. Listen, you need to shift your perspective. Smart people, successful people, they're always looking to save a dollar. See, it's people who've never had a lot of money. 
It's people who are concerned about what people think about them. It's people who are concerned about impressing others, right? Who who want to come off as flashy and spend a lot of money. Like smart people don't do that. Successful people don't do that. As you think of your future finances, do not simply follow other people's expectations of what you should be doing. Listen, everybody's financial path is different. Everybody's financial path is different. Stop looking at the Joneses to the left and the Jacksons to the right or the Wachowskis, you know, to the left, you know, and the Smiths to the right. Listen, we cannot keep up with Glenn Lundy and his finances in this room. We, we, we cannot. Okay, Glenn lives on 10 acres. I've been there. A beautiful pond, right? And, and a whole bunch of land around him. He's living a wonderful life. We aspire to that. But listen, Glenn's financial path is different than mine. And so I need to know that and I can aspire. But listen, I can't try to keep up with Glenn. And what we have got to stop doing is trying to keep up with the Joneses. Many of us have clothes in our closet that you'd never worn, but, but, but you have friends that buy a lot of clothes. So you buy a lot of clothes. Listen, we have to live within our means. We have to defer consumption. Defer consumption. Fight the power. I'm fighting that Starbucks power. I'm fighting it. Twice a week for me now, right? Do not be embarrassed or shy about not spending. I'm not embarrassed about that, right? I make good money. But if I'm going to invest my money and be a good steward of my money, I have to become smarter and I have to control my impulse. To, to get up in the morning, to go to Starbucks, that's an impulse, that I have to control. And I'm not the only one with those type of impulses. Do not be embarrassed or shy about not spending. You don't have to keep up with your friends and your neighbors, right? We talked about new cars, new clothes, new home furnishings, right? Every time they replace something, th listen, let them replace it. That doesn't mean that you got to keep up. What happens typically go to somebody's house, oh, where you get that from? I got to go get that. That is beautiful. No, right? Our homeboys, like, dude, those rims. I, I love those rims. Like, where you get them from? Uh, listen, those rims cost $15,000. You do not have $15,000. And for anybody running around with rental rims on their car, that is a reflection of poor money management. If you don't have the cash, leave it where it is. That's the best practice. If you don't have the cash, leave it where it is. In the words of U.S. President Calvin Coolidge, this is what he said. He said, there is no dignity quite so impressive and no one independence quite so important as living within your means. I'll say it again. There is no dignity quite so impressive and no one independence quite so important as living within your means. Savings and or investing some of your current income is essential, my friends. It's an essential part of your financial plan. 
How much are you setting aside every time you get paid? How much are you setting aside? You should be automatically transferring an amount you want to save or invest into like a fixed deposit account. As soon as you get paid, set it aside. Don't touch it. Every pay period. You must then live on the remainder and spend less than you're used to spending. That, that's how you start to get this thing on track. One, we have to start spending less. We have to start spending less and we have to start putting money aside that we do not touch and start living and spending off of what's left. You must set money aside if you're going to get your financial plan in order. Avoid the temptation to buy now, pay later. No, no, no. If you don't have the money now, don't buy now, don't pay later. Just leave it where it is. Leave it where it is. Only spend today what you have today. Brian Hess and, and C-Rock and a few other people came through the room oh, on Sunday. It was a great room, and, and it's every Sunday, uh, Money Talks by J.I.E., every Sunday at 7. Um, but one thing that Brian said, and I think C-Rock chimed into, Brian Hess said, a lot of times we focus on, I think I may have mentioned, um, or Eris may have mentioned, you know, multiple, creating multiple streams of income multiple streams of income. And we hear that a lot. Um, create multiple streams of income. Some people say you got to have seven. But but Brian challenged us and he said, listen, I kind of push back on the notion of, of multiple incomes. Because when you focus on multiple incomes without having one real strong source of income first, it's a distraction. And so I offered that up this morning, as we're talking about setting a financial goal and getting our financial house in order for 2022, like focus on one stream of income that you can kill it and kill it and kill it and kill it and kill it. And, and, and when it's flowing, then you can start focusing on the second one. And when that's flowing, and you're killing it, then you can focus on the third one. But I think Brian was right. Often we are spread thin, focusing on multiple things when we haven't gotten one thing right. And there were several other points. Um, I, I literally sent out notes. The, the session was so powerful. We went for two hours on Sunday. And the topic of it was, are you at odds with your money? That, that was the question in the room. Are you at odds with your money? And so preparing for it this morning, I was like, man, you know, let's just keep as 2022 is here in, in, in less than two weeks. It is upon us. What are we going into the new year doing different? You got the Breakfast of Champions Consortium coming up. You have the, 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 the circle of champions going on right now. Right. What, what are you doing different? Who are you aligned with? Who's your accountability partner? Who's helping you to live within your means? Because we really aren't doing anyone any real service when we are living above our means. 
Many of us do it because it makes us feel good. We, we're trying to keep up with a certain group of folk who make us feel a certain way, right? But listen, if you're feeling good about yourself and your bank account reflects that you really don't have anything to feel good about, it, it's time to realign. It's time to set our financial goals, right? You can lie to others, but you should never want to lie to yourself, specifically as it relates to your money matters. Your money matters. I'm just going to read off some notes that came out of um, the room the other night, and I want to open it up. I want to get some feedback from, from others. Um, I want to repeat these four questions, though, as we are setting financial goals goals that include partners sometimes, right? These four questions again, just in case you missed them. What are your sources and amounts of income? How much do you spend on a regular basis and how much on one-off items or one-off expenses? How much are you saving each month? What assets and debts do you have? What assets and debts do you have? real questions that need to be answered. We have to defer consumption, my friends. We gotta, we gotta push back. You gotta push back. You, you have to starve yourself of those you know, unnecessary things. We have to eliminate wasteful spending. For me, it's Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts and Uber Eats and you know, Saturday morning you know, visits to, to, to the men's department of Macy's. Right. I had, to, I had to cut out those those frequent, unnecessary visits. I even did something. I, I did a hack. I hacked myself on Black Friday. Let me tell you all how I did it. I hacked myself. I literally set up a work schedule for myself from eight to eight. And I worked all day Black Friday. Like who the hell like does that the day after Thanksgiving? You, I did it. And you know why I did it? I hacked myself being engaged working from eight to eight kept me out the stores it kept me from being uh lured by good deals and great offers right that's me being intentional about my financial goals and the money that i would have spent like on a another 60 inch tv that i don't have nowhere to put it right now i, I can reinvest that into Things that are going to help me to grow, help my portfolio grow. Fear of success. M many of us have a fear of success. That was a part of the conversation on Sunday. Scarcity mindset, poverty mindset, right? Um, but we need an abundant mindset. And, and that comes through education. That comes through surrounding yourself around people who are financially sound, right? And who can give great advice. Be open-minded so you can in invest properly. Master your money. Don't let your money master you, right? Pay your taxes and manage your investments effectively. But this is one that I want to share, and I'm going to open it up. People push money away with their words. We push money away with our words. There's power in the tongue. And with verbiage and, and statements like, no, I don't need the money. It's okay. I, I, don't, I don't need it. You know, somebody asks you, well, you know, what do I owe you? How much, how much I owe you for that? For what you just did? Oh, you good? We've got to stop allowing 
our thought process, right, and our reflex and the power of our tongue to, to prevent money from flowing our way. M money can't flow when your language is not right, your, your frequency is not right, your mindset is not right. Money just can't flow your way. So let's get it together, my friends. Leave with, live within your means. Um, let's put a financial plan in place. Let's ask those tough questions of ourselves and our partners. Let's defer consumption. And um, let's open up the mic. Who wants to chime into the conversation? I'd love to hear about some things that you are doing to prevent wasteful spending. How are you cutting back? Good morning. Um, who's, who's already put a financial plan in place for 2022 holding themselves accountable let's let's pop in and share for this next uh, this is anthony i gotta i have a share that i have to give to everyone i, I, I hear Blanton. i hear a mic flashing but i can't see just go ahead and pop in anthony can you hear me good morning <laughs> good morning everyone this is anthony glenn out of southern california it is 301 over here and you man you, you said some profound yeah i can hear yeah we hear you <laughs> anthony's talking Good morning. <laughs> so uh, I'll share something really brief uh, um, uh, with the audience that they can look at. Publication 560 in the IRS code. Okay, I wanted to share that. I want everyone to go to irs.gov and start reading the publication 560 irs.gov. The reason why I say irs.gov is because this is an area where it talks about defined contribution plans and defined benefit plans for small businesses. Okay, and the reason why I wanted to share that is because it's here, here's an example. Okay, so reading that publication um, allows me to talk. Uh, it, it it helped me understand the difference between simplified employee pension IRAs, which is called a SEP IRA. If you guys are small business owners, the the max contribution to a Roth is only six thousand dollars. That's it. So if you do that six thousand dollars times twenty years it's only $120,000. That's not enough money. It's a good start, right? But having a small business allows you to contribute to a simplified employee pension IRA, which is $58,000. And I believe it's going to go up to $62,000, which is 25% of your income. And then also I'll, I'll share another thing too. If you have a small business, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a tax professional or anything like that, but this the reason why I want to point you guys in the right direction about that uh, publication is because it talks about defined contribution plans and defined benefit plans. So I didn't I didn't start to know about that till I started to scale up to, you know, from uh, get into the the bigger income bracket. Um, but that's a, a, a example. And then also sit down with your tax professional because. If you can get to $3,400 and you can use the compound interest calculator and you can use this, if you can get to $3,400 over a seven to 10 year period that you can save uh, through your small business, that will make you a million dollars. And I can show everyone, go to compound interest calculator, put in $3,400, use 9% um, uh, monthly um, and you'll see, you can mess around with that compound interest calculator. That'll give you a million dollars saved. That's the that's the two that's my two contributions that I wanted to add. Once again, publication 560 um, in the IRS code uh, uh, to read and compound interest calculator 
and that's on uh, investor.gov, two government websites that you guys could use to reverse engineer your, uh, your savings portfolio. Thank you. I just wanted to give that ad to everybody because I, I, didn't, I didn't know about it until I started to look. And lastly, before I land my plane, if you have a small business, you can rent your personal residence from yourself up to 14 days. Okay? If you have a small business, your corporate structure can rent your personal residence to yourself up to 14 days. That's a, those are three tax hacks I wanted to give everyone. Thank you. Thanks so much for that. We so appreciate all of the tips. Um, hey, thank you so much. Ann. Perfect. There you go, TM, just helping you out. And if you need help with um, grabbing folks, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, too. appreciate that. Uh, had the red That's bar. Hard. I was trying to bypass this bar. Hey, that, that was great information, man. IRS.gov, uh, everyone, do, d defined contributions and benefit plans. And when you talk about that, uh, that compounded interest calculator, very, very helpful. So visit IRS.gov, everyone. Thanks again for that, uh, for that, Jim. Who else wants to ask something what uh, the gentleman just said? This is Sophia. If you're over 50 years old, there's an additional $1,000 that you can add to the uh, to the IRA, um, the retirement plan. But that's it. Thank you, Sophia. There was a collision. Who, who was that? Trying Coach to Bear. It was Coach Bear. Good, good morning, champions. This is Coach Bear. And this is a powerful, this is just like faith, right? That is my jam, right? Money management is my jam as well. Uh, I realized I, when I was younger, I was just a, a, a fool, like a lot of, lot of young kids, right? So I made a lot of mistakes. So I had to learn how to be a good steward over what God gave me. He gave me uh, resources and money. He's my provider. So I have to be a good steward over. So what I learned is I go on uh, Equifax, Experience, TransUnion, and I check my profile every morning. And just like I open up my bank account and I check my savings account, I check my checkings account. I also, uh, what I also do is I make sure that I do not, I do not spend any more on my credit card than I already have in the bank. If I have the money in the bank to pay it in full, then I will, uh, you know, spend, right? So I just, I, um, okay, so, and then also, one of the reasons why I moved from California, the Sunshine Tax State, expensive state, I moved to Arizona where it was much cheaper because at my age, I have a bucket list and I want to go places. I, want, I have places to go and people to see. So I moved out of California being so expensive because according to my bucket list, it's going to cost money to go to the places that I would like to go and see. And I do not want to put all that money on a credit card and it take me three years to pay it off. So I said, okay, I'm going to move to Arizona where it's a lot cheaper. So now I'm able to make a list of my, you know, my places that I want to go, the, the places on my bucket list, and guess what? I will not have to charge it. I was also able to join the champion circle. I made a decision.
members, always giving them money, but I made a decision that I was going to invest in Coach Bell. I'm done speaking. Thank you. And well stated, Coach Bell. Yeah, I'd love to share really quickly. First and foremost, I, I'm loving all of the stuff that everyone's saying. We are not financial advisors. We're in no way, shape, or form giving financial advice. This is simply anecdotal evidence of things that's happened in our lives. I just would love to preface by stating that. But, you know, my whole life, uh, when I wanted certain things that my parents didn't think that I should have, my mom would always say the same phrase and it has stuck with me forever. And it's that the phrase that the rich stay rich by not spending their money. She would always say that to me. And now there's obviously a little extreme <laughs> in that, you know, obviously the rich stay rich by investing their money, not just not spending it. There's an aspect of that as well. Um, but what it's done for me is it kind of put that in the back of my head. Now, I definitely went through my youth where I uh, spent very frivolously uh, ha after having kids and all the responsibilities that come becoming an entrepreneur and having to pay taxes that first year and getting that first. <laughs> tax bill and almost pooping my pants, um, we kind of had to put some things in order. And we had done, um, oh my gosh, what is his name? And of course, now it's just, uh, for the, the um, oh my gosh, he's, he goes to churches, he has glasses. Ramsey, David Ramsey. Yeah, Dave Ramsey. We Dave did the Ramsey. full Dave Ramsey course. We've read the book several times. It didn't work for us to sustain. So, you know, it, the snowball with the credit card, I love it. But the envelope with cash, it just, it was, we would leave it in the home. We don't, it was just not, it would, didn't work for us. But what we have determined is that every single time, well, the one envelope that we've kept is our entertainment envelope. And so every single month when we get our money, whatever we have budgeted for our entertainment, that's going out, going to the movies, going out to dinner, whatever it is, we pull that out in cash. And once that cash is gone, entertainment's gone. <laughs> you know, we have a great time at home as a family, so we don't need it. <laughs> it. It's great. And so it's really been something that was powerful. Another thing is utilizing the different tools that are out there to check out your subscriptions <laughs> and how many $1.99, $2.99 subscriptions you have, $9.99 that you're paying every single month. Sometimes I found one that I was paying weekly, 99 cents. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was for. And start canceling some of those things because those little things really do add up. But that's just two things that I want to share that I'm currently doing to make sure that I am more responsible um, with my money. So thank you, TM. Hey, TM. Oh, thank you, my thank you, my friend, uh, for for that disclaimer as well. I, I should have uh, put that out there earlier. Appreciate you, Alexander. Uh, was that uh... Stephen? Yes, sir. It was. How you doing, everybody? I hope you're doing fantastic. Yeah, a lot, a lot of great tips here. A lot of good things going on. Um, I like to touch on Brian Hess and his um, multiple streams of income. I think a lot of people misunderstand multiple streams of income. They think it means you're working seven different jobs or you're working on seven different projects. And that's typically not the case when it comes to creating wealth. Um, you create wealth through letting your money work for you. Uh, that's like to have an, have an equity in companies, dividends, and stock options, shares, all these kind of things. And you don't have to be uh, a you know, millionaire or multimillionaire to do that kind of stuff. I actually gave a class in here, I don't know, six months ago five months ago about how you can do that, um, how, how you can leverage your um, your network so everybody wins and everybody earns, and how you can uh, buy equity or gain equity in a company and get paid for it. 
and I do it all the time. So it's uh, it's something I, I can teach it again, maybe one of the, my Thursday segments, if anyone's interested. But remember, the multiple streams of income is about multiple streams of revenue coming in. It's not about multiple jobs that you have to do. And there's a, 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 a simple rule that I use. If I have equity in the company, I do not want any operational responsibility whatsoever. I will give you consulting once a month or whenever you need it, and I will make introductions. And so when you set limits like that and boundaries and you know what you're actually, what your power is by reading the book, Unleash Your Humble Alpha, and finding your true identity and your purpose, you can really hone in on making real money from your network, through your network, with your So powerful, uh, Stephen. And, and, I, and, and you're spot on with that, right? Uh, I think, you know, the flow of that conversation, what, what Brian was trying to help people understand was that you have to do one thing really good, right? And I think what you just said is 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 true. It, it's not about having multiple jobs, but if you're not focused and, and if you don't really have uh, a clear understanding, right, it will turn into multiple jobs. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that that's what happens for a lot of people. They just have multiple jobs, not multiple streams of income. So right. It's that's right. Real, real quick. Well, the foundation always has to be there. Just like with anything you build, business, house, life, relationships, the foundation's there. And, and that foundation is your one. Love you, Steven. Hey, TM. Yeah, really quickly, it's Alexander. I'm so sorry to interrupt again. I just got DM'd by, a, um, tax, uh, by an accountant in the room who just wanted to let everyone know that this is great financial advice, but not every shoe fits every person. So please do your due diligence. Do your research, speak to tax professionals. Don't just go making changes um, because while everything that was said was absolutely correct, every person's tax uh, situation is different. So make sure you're doing your due diligence. Sorry, TM, just wanted to. Oh, no, and, and Aguzana, thank you so much. And thank you to the tax uh, professional, right? Because again, with the, this is a conversation. We are not advising. Um, th this is just information that we should know. Everybody's financial path is absolutely different. Hey, okay. Tim, this is Peter. This is Peter. Um, so, hey, I just want to say thank you for this uh, topic this morning. Um, it is so essential. Um, and I, I thank you also for your transparency. As a lot of us sit in the room, whether we're in the listening lounge or on stage, and listen to the moderators at times when we go, man, they've got it together. And what is it going to take for me to get it there? Um, and you were very transparent in saying, hey, I didn't even know how many credit cards I have. And so, um, and so thanks for that transparency. The other thing is, you know, the, the Gen X, definitely biggest um, um, a, a group with, uh, with uh, debt. And we have to think about what is it that caused that, right? And I, as I think about it, I'm thinking, you know, just when I was getting my groove, in about 2008, we had that financial crisis. We had that, uh, that crash. And so getting out of that groove and then comes 2020. And I think we just kind of fell, this, this group, we just fed into a couple different uh, crashes. Um, so that's affected us. Um, and then of course, for my kids, I told my kids, you know what? You need to go to school, go to college. And in college, you will get this great degree. One of my sons is a lawyer, and so he, he came out is a lawyer now. Um, he came out with a you know hundred thousand dollars in debt, which is not bad for that uh, for that um, that uh, er, that that uh, certificate that he got, that degree that he got. Um, but but we 
I think we pointed our sons, our children in directions that we probably should not have, which is, which is creating this debt. And then the other thing for me is I, I learned this from Dave Ramsey, who has always said the cheapest car you will ever own is the one you already own. Um, so, so today, instead of driving my uh, 750 BMW that I had um, that I didn't need, uh, I got rid of it and got myself a 2001 F-150, paid in cash, no debt there. So it's really getting to the point where I'm going, I don't need the flashy anymore. Um, and so this is where I am, but I wish I had learned that um, 15 years ago. So if you're like me, um, where you're 50, 51, um, let's think, you know, think about what is it that you have? Do you need it? Um, can you go less flashy so that in 15 years we can retire at least in a good spot? So this is Peter and I'm complacent. Thank you so much, Peter. Can we go less flashy? Yes, we can. Can we go less flashy? Yes, we can. Listen, it, we have to. Like we, we have to, we have to think about long-term, um, you know, financial planning. I mean, it's, we are reflex people. We are microwave people. We want it right now, right? Instant gratification. And, and I agree. We, we have set false expectations for our children who are now millennials, right? Let me just go back to the whole breakdown of the credit card debt by generations, by generations. We talked about Gen Z um having the least amount of debt right the, the the least millennials are coming in next gen x is coming in third with the highest amount of debt baby boomers are coming in fourth and then you have the silent um generation that's coming in right and so it's gen i said well it was, it was gen x with the highest I said Gen Z, Gen Z, but it was Gen X with the highest, uh, Gen Z um, with the actual lowest amount of debt, followed by, so Gen Z was the highest, uh, followed by baby boomers, followed by millennials, right? Then the silent generation, and then Gen, Gen Z with, with the lowest amount of debt. So thanks for that share, Peter. We have a few more minutes. Who else wants to pop in? Hey, TM, I want to pop in. This is the heiress. Uh, just Lauren. wanted to, you know, the conversations you and I have about emotions and trauma that go along with spending. Uh, people should try to figure out what emotions they have with their spending that may help with, you know, setting a plan to become financially successful because your emotions and your traumas have a lot to do with why and when you spend. So just wanted to throw that out there. Hey. No, it's true. Absolutely. It, it sh uh, there was whoever just mentioned who spoke first and then the second. Okay, that was Deborah. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is an amazing, amazing topic, and I'm so happy that I came in the room today and was able to um, be a part of this conversation because this has been definitely a part of me and um, my pet peeve um, um, all my life, um, talking about children and, and how the generations are in debt and some that are not. You know, I raised my children, I raised my two sons to be secure in who they were and who they are and not to be pressured by kids at school, coming to school with the Jordans and the Nikes. Um, um, every year they went to school, they were clean, they were dressed nice, but they might not have necessarily had the labels, but I raised them that way. And now 
they're in the millennial age, both, both of my sons, um, and they both are very, very frugal with their money. So I'm sharing this to say that it is how we raise our children, too. We have to pass that on. I've been, I was that way growing up. My friends, they all competed with each other with who had on the, you know, the, the name brand clothes, who had the best cars. And um, and and they and even at our at our age now, they're still do, doing that nonsense. Um, I've never been that way. I've always looked for the bargains. Always, I don't leave home without looking and see whether I have a coupon or whether I can find it for less. Um, um, I drive a modest car that's paid for, and my fr- my family and friends are always saying, "Auntie, don't you want to get a new car?" I'm like, "Nope, it's paid for. It's fine. It runs good. I keep it up, and I can go buy a brand new car cash." if I want to, but no, I, I am trying to bring up a, a, a generation of, of uh, those that think, you know, like you say, think like this, you know, financially, my grandkids, I'm passing it on to them. So we have to pass it down to generations. And I'm very, very proud of my sons because at first I thought I was going, when they, when they get older, they're going to say, well, let me go buy all the things my mother didn't let me buy or didn't buy me when I was a kid. Nope. It's passed on. They're carrying it with them now. And again, I'm very proud that they're frugal with their money and uh, we have to definitely raise up a generation. This is Deborah and I'm done for now. Thank you so much for this. Deborah, so thank you so much for that share. Uh, I used to, I used to call my mom frugal and she was like, don't call me that. I was like, lady, okay, you're cheap. Oh, she was like, no, just call me frugal. <laughs> she didn't like the word cheap. Uh, she preferred frugal over cheap, but but your principles, that, that was my mom as well. Listen, your economic security does not lie in your job. It lies in your own power to produce, to think, to learn, to create, to adapt. That's true financial independence. It's not having wealth. It's having the power to produce wealth. Tim, can I just say one more thing before I? I'm 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 sorry I'm I'm sorry. There was someone already. In, yeah, yeah. In line I just want I just want to share one more tip about that. My sister used to say, "I might be cheap, but I'm not broke." That's a difference. I... <laughs> and that's something my mom. Would... Um, it was Bree, but I see Ify and Tamara, and mine's really short, so um, I think Ify might have flashed before I started speaking. If you want to go, I think you flashed before me. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. I'll go. All right. Um, I just wanted to tap in. I might be one of the youngest. I am happy Amy G joined me. So now I might not be. I don't know if she's still in here. She is. Okay. Hey, Amy. Real? Hey. Are you shading us at five thirty in the morning? No. 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 I just, I had a different perspective and then she popped in and I was like, oh, okay, awesome. Um, And so I just wanted to, I I know when you talked about credit card debt and you discussed how possibly, you know, Gen Z doesn't have as much because of years lived, right? But I also really like what Deborah said earlier about instinct and um, education. Right? I believe that as years have passed, we have been fortunate enough in other generations to be educated on different avenues financially. And so um, rather than possibly getting directly into credit card debt, we have been fortunate enough to learn principles. 
on generating um, on generating money and on how to make more out of um, possibly less. Like the opportunities, I believe, are endless in life, and they're only endless because we've been taught that they're endless. And so it's easy for us to go into spaces and figure out ways to generate wealth. And so what I do just want to encourage the room um, really towards what Stephen and Brian were talking about when we talk about not necessarily having a plethora of not necessarily having eight streams of income, but having um, eight ways where your income is producing, possibly using the word passively and um, wrapping it up, saying that for older generations, we have a hot mic, but I'll just keep talking. For older generations that might be older than myself, monetize your wisdom, right? Monetize the idea that you have so much wisdom and life experience that you really can share and give, whether that means creating a cookbook and selling a cookbook and asking your children or grandchildren how to sell those family recipes and that cookbook online, right? Whether it's knitting scarves, maybe not physical labor, right? But maybe a quick course on how to knit and putting it onto Etsy, right? I really want everyone in the room to hear the idea that what you have inside of you is monetizable. And although we're talking about budgeting and saving money, you can generate more income simply by the tools you already have, utilizing other generations' knowledge of technology and social media. So leverage the people around you to teach you how to monetize the skill sets and the crafts and the wisdom that you already have, but don't stay stuck in a financially dependent or financially desperate situation because you don't have to be there anymore, right? Leverage your relationships and leverage your wisdom, your age and your knowledge. I hope that's helpful, TM, sorry. Oh man, no, spot on. And just thank you for adding so much value as always, right? Um, but listen, stop playing small. Play a bigger game, right? Leverage your own talents, resources, relationships. Uh, but listen, take massive action. Tim, I think, and then myself. Go ahead. Hello, hi. This is a brilliant topic. What a great room. I've been loving it since I've been here since 10. And Tim, when you mentioned the Starbucks, I was like, we, me and my other half, we were just popping out to have a Starbucks and we did it. We quickly totaled up what we spend. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what I want to do is put a little bit of a different spin on it because I totally agree with what everyone's saying. But I'll just, from my own experience, 10 years ago, me and my partner have been together 18 years when we're just starting on this journey of like generating wealth and building our business and we had nothing. We had no no money, not pennies to put together. But we had to decide, like, what do we want to do to be able to actually, what do we want to do to be able to actually grow our business and grow our lives and grow our bank account? And in fact, when I set up my business, which is the network of chartered accountants, I couldn't turn up there in a beat up old car. That would have to that totally would have took away any opportunity to build in my business. So I, when you talk about flashy and fancy, in fact, what I've recognised in as a black female working in a world full of white men in the accountancy world, when I turned up in a Range Rover, my hair was done and I was exuding wealth and success. In fact, that got me in the door. Now, was I able to afford that Range Rover at the time? Probably not. I was living way out of my means. But what it did was it gave me that 
ability to get in the door. So I, I, I do agree, like you don't want to be, but there's, there's times, and if I look back as well, me and my partner, we're both black, we live in London, we live in the UK, we're trying to build this um, idea of um, you can achieve your greatness, you can be the best that you can be. Everything in our business is around growth, development, I have a book called Powerlift Your Career. 2015, we moved into a gorgeous house that we could just about afford. We created these programs where we'd bring people in and deliver Perform at Your Best. I brought 20 black men in, um, uh, you know, 30,000 a year, middle line work, very risk averse, very safe, brought them in, taught them all about how to change their mindset, taught them about the power of their thoughts. And these are like a one day intense Perform at Your Best. One of them now is generating millions. Um, lots, one of them's now married who never thought he would ever commit to relationships. So what I'm saying is, but they wouldn't have come and they wouldn't have listened to us if they didn't see that we were where they wanted to be. So we had to bring them to the big house. We had to have the flashy cars on the drive. We had to be talking the talk and living the life for them to even listen. So I think for me, I definitely think it's about what you said, TM and everyone about being financially secure and not overspending. But sometimes I've recognized in my life, if I didn't turn up flashy, didn't turn up fancy, didn't have the fancy car, I wouldn't have even got in the door. I really wouldn't. And, I've, and one thing I'd say as well, I'm raising two black boys. Now for me, they always will look proper dapper because the first thing you see when you see, I believe, is he's black, he's a boy, and one of my sons is autistic. There is no way I would ever, ever let my children go out not dressing absolute because I want to give them the opportunity so that people aren't judging them by just looking at them. So I do agree, you don't have to put, make yourself bankrupt, but what I've recognized in my life and my growth and my development if we want people to listen to us, follow us, then people, then the best way we can do that is by how we look on first impressions. And I'll just land my plane here. Two years ago, my partner set this goal to buy, a, well, he set the goal years ago, but he had on our vision board an R8, this fancy sports car. He wanted it. We went and test drove it year after year. We visualized it. On his 41st birthday, he got it. This was 2020. We were, we were getting into this beautiful car and um, underground and this black boy and this white guy and these other like pair of people lots a group of people and this guy turned around and he, it was the most powerful moment i've ever experienced we get into the car we turn the engine on it's like Vroom. he looks he look, comes up to the car he hits his chest with a fist and goes black lives matter and me and my partner were like whoa we got out of the car and looked at him and nodded him. he goes you guys are inspiring and we were just like whoa like, so yeah, having a nice car can inspire people. Um, so I, I, I'm all about being responsible, but I, I'm all, I love being fancy. I personally do. And I don't think that um, it's a bad thing. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm with you. And I'm also bringing another perspective that sometimes you have to turn up looking fly for people to even let you in the door. I'm sorry, guys, we, we're, we're out of time. Effie, I totally relate totally agree and i think many agree in the room right that that you have to show up um and first impressions is a lasting impression so thank you for that spin ladies and gentlemen champions we've ran out of time this has been dynamic I Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.